0: The one thing that I've learned in my last 20 years of career and business transition is transition is a journey. And you have to keep improving yourself to keep moving forward. And when you stop, then that's the end. So I want to know how others have transitioned their careers and businesses. So join me for conversations on change, strategy and leadership. My name is Samuel D. Brady. So today we're joined by uh, Dr. Nick Maguire. Uh, Nick, uh, thank you for being here today. Tell us Mm -hmm. more about yourself. So
1: I'm an Associate Professor in Clinical Psychology um, at the University of Southampton here, but I also run a not-for-profit social enterprise where we provide grant-funded psychology services for homeless people. And so we work in hostels, as well as uh, with the staff in hostels, but also with organisations, and we teach leadership from a psychological perspective in hostels. And we also do, a, we're trying to develop good practice so that the, the ministry who are concerned with uh, homelessness start to pay attention to the data that we, we generate.
0: Very interesting job, right? Right, very, <laughs> very. So uh, Nick, uh, let's get right into it. Um, you know, a lot of people, when it comes to career transition, um, they have uh, a lot of hesitant, And, yeah. and as a saying that goes, not deciding is decision. Yeah. Uh, obviously making a decision to change your career to a different career, your job to a different job, is not an easy, st- easy thing to do. Right, I've done it eight times. Right, Tell, tell us more about the, the psychology behind that. So I think um,
1: there's a lot of fear and anxiety around trade changing career. I think for a lot of people an existing career, as unsatisfactory as it may be, may be a source of security, particularly financial security. And so particularly if you've got a family and a mortgage, then the risk of, there's a risk, inherent risk of leaving the safety of that paycheck and and yeah. moving to something different. There's also other sources of uh, anxiety. So big questions like, or predictions, like I won't be able to do the other job. I, I know this job, uh, but I might not be able to do another job. Or I might fail at it. So predictions of failure and predictions of Believing that you are in some way incompetent might be huge factors in choosing not to to jump ship or to uh, to make a change. Okay. So there's a number of sources of anxiety which might
0: prevent that. So for, from a military standpoint, we have people. You know, when you leave the military, we have either have a year to transition to a new career, or, or two years for the officers, for that that serve longer. Uh, the stress level obviously uh, tend to to go up. Yeah. Uh, of uh, as you get closer to your transition. Yeah. Is that stress level the same uh, for, for, for male and female?
1: That's a good question. I'm not sure we've ever uh, measured that. I would suggest that, in an evolutionary terms, uncertainty, so you have the certainty of an existing job, moving to an uncertain position of, I don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. is inherently anxiety-provoking, and so it should be, in our evolutionary past. If you're not sure whether there's a saber tigers tiger who's out there and who's, who's trying to predate on you, then that should drive anxiety so that you should, work, um, you should do something about it. But that translates into kind of a modern-day society, or it doesn't translate into a modern-day society. We haven't got any more saber two tigers to look out for, okay. but that uncertainty is there. So in answer to the question, I don't know.
0: So will the stress level, uh, obviously, as you approach the, this transition phase of your life, goes up and will slowly die down right
1: so so what happens to anxiety you can't tolerate anxiety forever so what usually happens is that as we get some form of certainty or as we find out that our predictions around failing and not being any good at anything, as uh, when you find out actually that's not true we tend to catastrophize, and when we find out that those catastrophic thoughts we've had aren't true, and actually we can succeed and we are valued and valuable, that's when the, the anxieties all start to... So it is a out. mindset. Absolutely.
0: So having the right mindset is, is key to your... Full it's full absolutely condition. true.
1: Okay. And, and noticing something called the imposter syndrome, Okay. so uh, I would challenge anybody to say they've never thought, oh my God, I'm rubbish at this, they're going to find out most of us will th- have those thoughts at some time. Right. Okay. If you don't talk to people about those thoughts, then sometimes they'll stay with you for your entire career and you'll remain worried about them, them whoever the them are, finding out that somehow you're rubbish and they're going to get rid of you. Yeah, it's yeah. just a thought.
0: So, so h- how does emotion affect uh, decision-making?
1: So in the immediate, there's a number of mechanisms for this, but in the immediacy, um, if you're stressed at the time, what we tend to do is make, is go to kind of a habitual decisions, in other words, something that we know has worked in the past. Now, back to our evolutionary past, we're yeah. on the plains of the savannah as kind of proto-hominids, and we're faced with a predator. Now, what you don't know we're, do, we're doing is thinking, well, shall I run away or not? Mm-hmm. It's, there's a predator, threat, run. So when, as we become more aroused, more anxious, we tend to make decisions very quickly, but in an, in an ill-considered way. It's basically, we don't use very much information to make that decision. We tend to resort to what has worked in the past, but not necess- won't necessarily work in the current context.
0: So are you saying that someone needs to be in the, not just a right mindset, but a right environment? To make the right decision or you learn a skill set okay now the skill set is
1: is understanding the relationship between your internal physiological emotional state and that emo- that decision making process so if you can recognize oh my God I'm like, getting a bit stressed right now I can I, my, my mouth's gone dry or my heart's rate, and you just question yourself it's okay we'll take the magic half second here I know I'm getting stressed I know that that might lead me to make. A habitual, or decide to do something habitual. Can I take a step back? Wait a second. Okay. For the for the stress to die down, the the the, the anxiety to die down, and to get back into a mindset where I make it, I have a considered response, not a habitual one.
0: So, are these skills <laughs> yeah. that we need to learn?
1: We can express it as a skill, and it is learnable. Yes.
0: Right. Okay. So, uh, a from a from your point of view, there there will also be perhaps some neurodiversity, and personality. Right. Different. You know, we will have different personalities. Absolutely. So, what what are these personalities?
1: So we can think of this on a number of different ways. So, um, neurodiversity can be uh, measured on a number of different dimensions. One of the classic ones is people who tend to be systematizers and see people tend to be empathizers. This is just one way of categorizing neurodiversity. Mm-hmm. Um, those who are systematizers tend to like order and type organizing things. Those who tend to err uh, towards the empathizing um, uh, sort of spectrum tend to understand others a little bit more and better at understanding the perspectives of others. Now, if you're a systematizer, it's, uh, if you're an arch-systematizer, then you need to just recognise that you might not be imagining the world from another per- person's point of view as much as would be useful to you in making a decision. We sometimes call people uh, people attract the the term black and white thinkers. You know, okay. Very right. very black and white, or very if then. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if you are, if you do tend to be quite black and white in thinking, and you know that you are. You need to know that you need to develop a skill of trying to imagine the world from somebody else's perspective so, to make a better decision.
0: So what you're saying is, and um, I always keep saying that, that, if you want to be something, uh, it's good to have a role model.
1: Uh, that's S- one of the factors,
0: yeah. Right, OK, so if you can see something that you like to be in your next career, that is a good step for you, for your mindset, to think how you can get to the next, next level. Is that right?
1: S- right. Now, but what you have to ask yourself is, why are they a role model? Mm -hmm. What is it that they are doing? Now, for a lot of us, and i include myself in here, the role models I have are people who reflect my values. So what I value in life and what the way I would like to behave in the service of those values. Mm -hmm. So if you see a role model, presumably there's something valuable and you're seeing something in them that is valuable. One of the biggest decisions I think to make in a career is can you pick an organisation to work for which in some way represents the values that you would like to espouse. There's nothing more challenging and heart sink than working in an organisation that doesn't represent the values that you would like to espouse. It doesn't
0: allow you to behave in the service of your values. I think that's a very great ending to this talk. I think it's important to align yourself, your values, to the next role you'd like to be. Absolutely. Go out there, meet those people, meet the team that work, meet the staff that work in this organisation and align yourself with them. Great, Nick, thanks for coming here today. Thank you for have you on the show. Take Take care. care. Cheers. Hi, everyone. This is Samuel here. I hope you really enjoy these recordings. Uh, There are plenty of other more recordings coming up in the next few weeks, and I truly hope that you will be able to uh, benefit from them. Uh, You can also connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram... And also, uh, if you would like me to talk and interview other people, or if you would like to join me on any of my recordings at the studio at Southampton Business School, please do get in touch at infotrixforces.com. At Take care for now.